Welcome to Cancelled. Look at that. Two weeks in a row. We're killing it like real professional podcasters. I know. We're it's amazing. It's pretty impressive, if you're being honest. Uh we are back. That was Michael Folk. We are plowing straight through the adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Now there was some labeling issues. These are episodes 10, 11, and 12. 11, 12, and 13. Something. I'm going to double check and make sure for sure. They are Crystal Hawks, Steel Horses, and Mail Order Brides. Okay, good. Those are the ones I watched. Absolutely. We're about to have a real confusing one. It must be a real weird episode if we had watched wrong episodes. No, those are what we watched. Uh, Three real good episodes. Again, and like we said at the end of the last one, assuming that people are binging Yeah, if this, you're listening to this episode, last week we're like, man, they're going to have to come up with an Orb episode here. And first episode back. Right, right away. Like, we yeah. predicted it. We were like, it's about time for another deep mythology one. And Crystal Hawks is some deep-ass mythology one. And they know exactly what... Like, they have the pacing of this down. The way X-Files very much did. Whereas, like, Monster of the Week, Monster of the Week, Monster of the Week mythology episode yeah, yeah. or whatever. They know how long they can go without giving you a little taste. They're really good at that. When thinking about it, like, now that we're, like, a good halfway through the season, I am very disappointed that this didn't get subsequent seasons. Yeah, it really feels like the formula is all there. It Like, they knew what they were doing. Yeah, the, the characters are real solid. Like, I'm invested in relationships. Like, everything is working. I am very surprised that this did not continue on. Uh, that being said, we're going to have to dress up. So this episode is, uh, and again, like I mentioned in the last episode, these openings are like bing, bam, to the point. There's no fucking around. What so was that? A, uh, bing, bam, to the point. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means, but I think you know what I'm saying. I like it, yeah. It's just like, there's no, there's no fat. There's no, like, these opening moments are like delving right in. This, so, this one straight up. Like, seems like I, I thought I skipped an episode. It feels like it started in the middle of something. It, because it did. Like, this episode is about Briscoe being framed. Like, he's wanted for a murder he didn't commit, and all these bounty hunters are on his tail. And the episode opens with him, like, going, like, a bunch of bounty hunters are on my tail because I'm being framed for murder. Like, he he just is already in the middle of that. It feels like a part two. Yeah, Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like 100%. Uh, which I enjoyed. Uh, he thinks he's being saved by, like, so two... County bounty hunter show up. This girl's like, you can hide in my cart or whatever. And it turns out she's also a bounty hunter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Crystal Hawks. She's going to take him in. Do you know who played Crystal Hawks? I don't. Sheena Easton. Is that who that was? It's exactly who that was. And Sheena um, Easton's hit or hits were. <laughs> uh, Sheena Easton had a, a fair number of hits in the, in the 80s. She worked with Prince and shit. Um, oh, was she part of the revolution? No, he like produced a lot of her shit. Um, okay, but she said like she did. You got the look with Prince. Oh, good song. Um, yeah, she had a big fucking like. I'm trying to remember her big hit. Song. I was just listening to the ballad of Dorothy Parker in the car. <laughs> uh, that's a song, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, like uh, Modern Girl Strut was a big one. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for your eyes only. She sang a lot of fucking songs. So was this late in her career then? I mean, it's definitely later than... like Because this is the 90s, and I think most of her big hits were in the 80s. Okay, so she uh, is like... She's like mo- moving on a little bit. Or she's was she trying still making... to act, I think. Let's, let's take a look at her IMDb. This is now officially the Sheena Easton the podcast. podcast. <laughs> From two guys 
vaguely familiar with Gene Easton. <laughs> I mean, you got the look is a great song. Sure. Like absolutely. that's a that's a hardcore drag queen song. Oh yeah, I could imagine. Yeah. That only makes sense. Um Here we go. What let's see what her acting roles. So she's occasionally still acting. Oh, well, I will say she her last credit is 2015. Uh, mine too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she had done at this point uh, maybe six episodes of Miami Vice. Oh, she was a uh, reoccurring was character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was on the an episode of the Highlander TV show. Then she did this. She would go. Oh, she was a main voice on Gargoyles. Oh, uh, was she Desdemona? No, she was Robin Canmore, Robin Corey Banshee. Oh, um, interesting. I loved Gargoyles. Yeah, I watched the shit out of that back in the day. Yeah. Uh, so she did a fair amount of voiceover work. All dogs go to heaven. Uh, since she was in like the Legend of Tarzan, wow! Yeah, she's just like get your life, Sheena Easton. Good for you. Good for you. She was in the TV movie of Tech War. Uh, she's done a lot of shit. She is, I will say, very bad at acting. I don't know about you. <laughs> she was not good in this episode. You know, she had occasional moments. I liked when she would have to be like tough guy. Like well, suddenly she's going to beat somebody up, and she was good at beating people up. Um. But, like, generally speaking, when she was going on her, it's Miss Hawks, not Crystal, not Babe, not Honey, whatever the fuck thing. Uh It's, like, not quite as convincing. Sure. And, like, that's a little hard. Like, she's selling that. She's doing that thing, and she's going through it. And it's hard-pressed not to feel that way whenever her name is a stripper name. Sure. Crystal Hawks is 100% a stripper name. Absolutely. Uh, She (laughs) is definitely, yeah. And this is... We're deep in a run of episodes where Briscoe is starting to get into, like, Kirk, like, Captain Kirk territory. Sure. every episode there's a new hot girl for him to make out with. I have a note about that where, like, it makes me mad, particularly, and, like, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, because it doesn't come in this one till the end. Yeah. 100% unnecessary, because there's nothing about her that says she's hard up for dick. Right. And then, like, because a lot of the other women in it are written, like, where it's like, she's, she wants she it. she just wants it. Yeah, and this yeah. this woman had a completely opposite character. Yeah. One that would suggest maybe she didn't want it. <laughs> yeah, 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 maybe she wasn't interested. And they still found a way to shoehorn dick in. And, yeah, I agree. Well, they don't sleep together. They No, no, they just have, like, a kiss or yeah. whatever. But even that is, like... It felt it felt forced in a way. I agree. It did. It Particularly, felt... like I kind of would have enjoyed them just being equals. You know what I mean? Respecting they're, they're each both other by the end. Badass bounty hunters, and like she used to be in a fucking. Uh, uh, there's a great uh, chase. There's a great chase in this episode. Yeah, where he so so basically he's on the run, and to wrap up a little bit more of the actual episode, not wrap up, but uh, he's chasing Big Smith. Now, if you remember Big Smith. Died in the first episode or the first, the second part. Of he the fell pilot. off the bridge he, off with, the, the, with the orb. Yeah. Uh, Briscoe threw the orb at him and knocks him off the train into the river. Everyone knows he's dead. Uh, not dead. He has been possessed by the power of the orb. So now he has superhuman strength. And he's good. But he's also been turned good because the orb, if you want to be good, will make you good. And he wants to be good. So now he's a good guy. He granted he's a good guy who's killed people, but he's also a good guy. Uh, and he's trying to atone for his sins and all this shit. Uh, so Bly is chasing Big Smith, as is Briscoe, and Briscoe's going to use Big Smith to get to Bly. Also, Big Smith, uh, Briscoe believes Big Smith is the person who has killed 
the guy who Briscoe's being f- set up for. Um, Nailed it. So that's the the sort of action of the episode. But there's a great chase sequence where Briscoe is caught up with Bly, and they're running through the streets, and it's like, I don't want to say it's all in one take, but it's very minimal shots, and it's like a lot of action stuff cutting in between them, them running through traffic, people jumping over stuff. It's very, very intricately shot action sequence, at the end of which Bly is about to, uh, Bly like knocks this, people are like hoisting a, like a like a piano or something yeah. up on a like a old timey crane, and he like knocks it over so it's going to plummet on top of Briscoe. Briscoe like shoots the lever to make it stop, and uh, Crystal Hawks is like, "Ah, eh, shot wasn't that impressive." He's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" He's like, "It's a great shot." He's like, "I was a, a in a traveling uh, Wild West show for years. I'm a way better shot than you." And I was like, "Oh, that's tight. I would love it if this character sums up and she's like fucking evenly matched for Briscoe and all these skills." Yeah. And there was a little bit of that back and forth in the beginning, which I actually really enjoyed. So he, she says, like first, like rule number one is uh, it's Haw- it's Miss Hawks, not Crystal, whatever. And then he gets out of like she, he's tied up in the back of her wagon, and he gets out. She has like, him for all of two minutes, like maybe at most. They're like. They're literally just in the back of a wagon for like the five sentences, and he is un- he's gotten out of the ropes, and he's like, rule number two, use chains, not ropes. And then she shows up like five minutes later as soon as he gets to the next town, and she's like, rule number three, fucking whatever, uh, whatever the thing is. And they have this little back and forth of like trading rule numbers, which I found really cute. Like, kind of charming, and also like, oh, this is them like showing parody. Like he can get away, but she can catch him right away. Mm-hmm. He thinks he knows, like he knows where she's going, but she's already doubling back or whatever. All I, I enjoyed that, and then for yeah, for them to kind of throw it out at the end by like her just being another swooning girl, it was kind of annoying. It was very silly, and then so like in the beginning, whenever he initially gets out. And Comet, Comet, the horse is following them. And at this point, I think that There's Comet great- is just straight up a superhero. Comet can do, like, like, similar to how Briscoe apparently has, like, an education skill set and everything. Right. Comet never tires. Uh, Comet never Rarely needs eats. to eat. He just has apples occasionally. Every, um, every couple of episodes. Yeah, like, apple. only, like, plot imperative apples. Like, <laughs> like he only eats when it serves the plot. Sure. Um, it's absurd. He also has, like, the ability to speak English. Uh, or at least communicate with human beings on a level that animals should not be able to communicate. Yes. At one point, he makes a noise, and then Briscoe's like, there's no bounty on you, Comet. And I, like, all, I cackled. I loved yeah. it so much. No, there's not a bounty on, on you. you. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the relationship is actually, and I wonder, I think this was very much on purpose, it's Han Solo and Chewbacca. Like, that's like, and like Briscoe's Han yeah, Solo. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly yeah. what it is. That is, nailed it. That is exactly what that relationship is, where he's the only one who can really speak whatever the horse speaks, you know what I mean? Whatever yeah. the horse says. It's it's great. Like, he's, like in one episode, he's going to be like, let the horse win, or something, and like, the horse is going to be playing, like, yeah, yeah, you're playing, playing chess with Socrates. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, Big Smith, we keep hearing, like, uh, like what about his powers before we see him? He uh, showed up to a bank and tore the vault door off. Yeah, he has the same powers that the railroad workers had in the first episode. Yeah, like where it's like, great. yeah, it's not like lasers or anything. They're just very strong, right? Uh, 
Uh, Bly shows up great, like already in the bank guy's office. I like I, I like Bly just sort of appearing and still being a little fey, a little like he's for that like flamboyant villainy. So he like he turns around in the chair with a like a flourish. You know what I mean? He's always dressed like Gloria Stefan. <laughs> like he, he looks like he's permanently wearing the puffy shirt from Seinfeld. Yeah, it's his only but shirt. then it's the big hat <laughs> and like very, yeah, very big. It's like the rhythm is gonna get you. Like it's very it's it's very miami uh, sort of yeah it's very fun it's super good um they run into at one point briscoe this is nothing to do it's not important at all but it made me i just enjoyed it uh they run into another bounty hunter who's trying to take briscoe away from crystal hawks and this is the first time we see her like beat up somebody and she holds her own in a full-on fist fight with this dude it's very good actually. yeah she ain't Easton's uh, butch she, she can fucking throw down but uh th- what i liked is that the other guy's like a mexican guy and his name is just el gato which mm-hmm. is the most like classic mexican villain or superhero name yeah like, but also either way his penchant is for beheading his, his <laughs> yeah yeah he doesn't he doesn't believe in uh de- if it's dead or alive he believes in dead yeah he just cuts the head off and brings the head back which i guess like it took me a while and i was like i guess is that something that cats do with like birds or mice i don't know I don't i've never been so. a cat person i don't think the el gato part ties into the beheading as much I just think it's literally a Spanish word that most white people know. <laughs> okay. So they just, it's why they would name, like, if you go to old westerns, there's always an El Gato who's, like, a bandit or whatever. Sure, sure, sure. It's just an easy name. They might as well just call him, like, El Bano or something. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, uh, there's also another moment that I enjoyed very much where Briscoe is trying to buy a horse because he's been separated from Comet and he needs a horse to keep tracking Bly or uh, Dick Smith. And he goes to essentially a, like a used car salesman. Oh yes, yes, yes. It was yes. super fun. Like literally, like picture any scene you've seen in the movie where like a person's like haggling with a used car salesman. It's that, but with horses. So the guy's literally just saying things just like, uh, "This horse looks good." Oh, uh, here on John Sawyer's lot, good just isn't good enough. And he's got like stupid cash phrases and shit. I, it was dumb, but I really enjoyed. Yeah, it. Yeah, it was fun. Also, the second part, like you know, when they go to break and come back. Uh, and there's like a title, a chapter title. Yeah. Uh, I think the second one on this episode is Zen and the, Ar- uh, the Art of Orb Maintenance, which I enjoyed very much. That's like Zen super... and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. I didn't think, I didn't notice, or didn't see that at all. I must have looked away. That's yeah. very like. It's a wink and a nod. Yeah. Like, oh, this show's smarter than you think it is. Yeah, you know weird. I mean? uh, um, we get more Bowler, always. I like very much. There's a great moment in the beginning where um, Bowler's just like, because in the last episode, they, like he's kind of made his deal, like his peace with. Okay, me and me and Briscoe are partners. Yeah, uh, and it opens up the first time we see Bowler. He's like, God damn it! As soon as I become part, I knew I should have become partners with anybody. He's now he's a murderer or whatever. Yeah, Socrates is like, you know, he's not a fucking murderer. It's like, yeah, of course, but there's a fifty thousand dollar bounty on his head. He's gonna be dead in a week or whatever. So now he has to go out and try to find briscoe to help him i also liked with boulder there's a weird he could keep giving him weird like b through lines and this one was that he had bought a house that he was renovating (laughs) yeah yeah yes he's like flipping a house (laughs) and then he's He's like so proud of that he's like upset because he's just bought this house and he's like i'm gonna lose it because i don't have money 
or whatever. Well, and then gonna, like he's got to work with he's he's wasting all his time trying to help uh, Briscoe. And he's not making any money. Well, and like part of it was also like there's like they cut back to it again, or he mentioned it again, and he's like, I could be picking out tile right now. <laughs> and I I was uh, honestly I was a little high while I was watching this, and I got really lost down a rabbit hole of like, did they have tile like like in, in the <laughs> old west? Like was like was there like a place? Well, I feel like there was like marble probably for yeah. like really rich people. I guess I'm just like imagining Boulder like looking at like a couple of like different like hexagonal tiles yeah. for his like backsplash. <laughs> like they don't even have running water. Is that like a <laughs> Yeah, you don't even, yeah. It's just a backsplash on one of those metal pumps like this. Yeah, like what is this? <laughs> but I really like that. Uh, and he sells it um uh Boulder He sells it really Boulder well. lives on a steady diet of only scenery. It's the only thing he eats yeah. is just the scenery of every moment he's in and it's fantastic. Uh, um, they so basically they track them that they're tracking they track down uh, Big Smith uh, who has been captured, which I found odd at first until we realize he's allowing himself to be captured. Yeah, he's by the good. federal. The feds agents, have called yeah. him. He's in like a Hannibal Lecter cage. Like, yes, you know how he they is. Hannibal's in like the middle of a room in a thing where nothing. He's in like a cage like that, uh, and. He like he's waiting for Briscoe so he can explain what happened. He does a lot of exposition. We get a very long flashback. Big monologue. That we did not need. Uh, he says something to him along the lines of like, uh, "If you remember, he's like, I want to thank you for giving me the orb. If you remember what happened the last time." And then we get the full scene of what happened, like like three and a half minutes of flashback. It's way too long. Uh, but we get a very interesting. We learn a lot more about the orb. I think. Yeah. And this idea of the orb has the power to corrupt or it has the power to redeem and he is being redeemed through the power of the orb and we find out that the reason he he didn't kill this guy this guy pulled a gun on him he had been stealing uh big smith's brother like like runs like an orphanage um yes or a hospital or like a, a mercy house or something like that it's called it's basically a, like his brother does good this guy embezzled money from this orphanage slash Charity hospital, whatever. Sure, sure, sure. So Briscoe, uh, so Big Smith went to get it back from him. The guy pulled a gun on him, and uh, he made him point. Like he used his mind to make the guy point the gun at himself. But the guy still pulled the trigger himself. That was an important part to that story. Was like he was so intent on killing me that he still pulled the trigger, even though the gun was pointing at his own head. He didn't pull the. He didn't make him pull the trigger. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's like really showing, like, okay, so Big Smith is, you know, he's really trying to be good. He was only there for good reasons or whatever. And he's going to help Briscoe catch Bly. And he tells Briscoe that Briscoe also has the power of the orb in him, even if he doesn't know it. Which we find out later, once, once Bly shows up, I actually kind of like this moment. And it's another thing where, like, I kind of, I can enjoy when they show parody between a good guy and a villain. Where not parody and like oh they're just two sides of the same coin but like an ability like if one is too strong and one is too weak then it's not interesting because uh-huh. somebody's just going to win so like in this fight uh, they tussle for two seconds and Briscoe as they're fighting takes both of uh, Bly's guns out of his yeah holster. this fight is and he's like so on him cool. it's super cool and he's got the guns on him like oh Briscoe's got the upper hand immediately but then Bly has like karate skills and just immediately disarms them and now they're back to like square one posing off I'm like oh this is like I like showing they're both equally badass oh. they have a good fight uh, it's a really good fight actually like actually it's like, particularly so for cool. the time like you know what I mean like yeah and then Crystal shows up and fights a little bit. 
she yeah she she gets in a couple good shots she gets knocked out pretty quick with a with legitimately like a, a karate chop like just a haya karate chop which really made me chuckle uh brisco he's got on top of brisco with the knife Briscoe gets super strength because he can harness this power from the orb. And I did find so he goes into like a zen state mm-hmm. while and like Big Smith well, is simultaneously down. breaking out with his strength and then Briscoe's like summoning the power. This is the longest. He is in his zen state. They keep it, cutting back they and cut I'm like back to him and the knife is like what's funny is normally when you in a, in a scene like this you cut back the knife's like getting closer and closer not in this case the knife is just all like an inch above him for a minute and a half it's two so minutes. long it's, it's so long he th- then he finally throws Bly off and then they catch Bly yeah catch Bly and uh, I was like I don't think this is gonna take we are too early in the season for them to have just wrapped that storyline up but yeah they catch Bly Bly sees Big Smith and like Big Smith's like oh no you don't understand and it's he actually phrases it interesting. He's like I'm no he's like super Buddhisty and like philosophical about everything now. Yeah, Big Smith is so he's like uh, he says no, you don't understand. I'm not ruled by fear anymore, so I don't have to work for you. Like I'm comp- he's like I'm not afraid, so I don't have to be a bad guy. Yeah, so like saying how like you're a villain because you're afraid to be a like, decent person, so you have to like push people away. He's having this whole weird philosophical description of why he was just like an old west bad guy. The orb is kind of like the equivalent of like getting sober for a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Like, and like and like working at like a co-op for a little while sure. and then like you're like that's the same experience. Yeah, it's like finding weed freshman year of college. It's that same thing. <laughs> now you've got some pretty what you think are interesting but but ultimately benign takes. Um I will however say this and it's gonna annoy me every time. Just fucking shoot Bly. Just fucking shoot sure. him. There people have the drop on him multiple times. He's a very bad man. This is the old West. Just shoot him. It's gonna be fine. Yeah, it is weird to operate under like Batman rules sure. in the old West. Particularly when Briscoe's killed a few people at this point. Yeah, he always does seem to avoid just straight up shooting people. He doesn't want people. to, but he like also will. Like, yeah, <laughs> like he's allowed people to blow up. Sure, he's allowed people to like drown or fall to their deaths. A lot of things, but he just doesn't. He doesn't do a lot of just straight up shooting, shooting people. people. For sure. Um, so they ca- So here's. So they capture Bly, and we get this awkward kiss. We get the awkward kiss. Um. They're back at a bar popping champagne. I love when Bowler pops the champagne and like it makes like like the cork shoots out like classic popping champagne. He just goes, <laughs> "I love it when it does that." I just love how childishly joyful Bowler is in those moments because the other times he's just the angriest, toughest man. Yeah, and then the but other in time, like a good way. <laughs> Even his anger is like a child's anger. Sure, like just sort of like. like. <laughs> uh, we find out in this moment. So they split. So basically, at one point, Briscoe tells Crystal Hawks, look, you got to stop capturing me. Let's work together. You and I will capture Bly, and then we can split the, the bounty. Right, he right. has a million-dollar bounty on his head. So they capture Bly. So Crystal and her, uh, Crystal and Briscoe, now each have a half a million dollars. Uh, Bowler says, I, and there's no argument made, since they're partners, he gets half. So he's got a quarter of a million, and Briscoe's got a quarter of a million, and she's got half a million dollars. 
this should be the end of the series. You know how much money two hundred fifty thousand dollars is in eighteen fifty or whatever this fucking show takes place. 18... You could buy the country. Yeah, it's it's pretty absurd. Also, for sure, it takes place in the eighteen nineties. Because oh, in, in a later episode, there's like for a woman of the nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was like, they absolutely okay. say that. <laughs> but that's but even show. Yeah, a half a million dollars in fucking eighteen ninety. You're you're Scrooge McDuck at that point. Yeah, that's bonkers. Like like there should be like a spinoff episode where she's basically just a Kardashian. <laughs> yeah. Like after this. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crystal Hawks just lives in a crystal house. <laughs> just <laughs> dancing all the time. She has hawks made of crystal. <laughs> Actual living ones. Yeah. So they could fly. They've been like encased in crystal. <laughs> um and then yeah, and then we get and then news. We get a, uh, like Briscoe's going to sleep and Socrates shows up and says I got bad news. Uh, there was an accident on the train that was transporting Big Smith. By the way, Big Smith was like, uh, Briscoe says, Big Smith, I'm sorry, but I gotta take you in. He goes, I know, it's part of my penance, whatever. He's like, His destiny. His, his destiny. He's 100% fine with all this. And also, he does say destiny, which is an important part because it leads to him, it implies that he has foreknowledge of what's gonna happen. And what happens is there's an accident on the train uh, that's leaving, that's taking them to prison or whatever. Uh, Bly is able to kill Big Smith and escape. So he knew he was going to die, essentially, is what that means, yet he was still willing to give himself over to that, because this orb has, like, it, the destiny is more important than his life. Yeah. Um, and and Bly's escaped. Did he escape with the orb? I don't remember. No. No. Okay. So the orb is on a separate thing, because that's why right. it shows up they, Oh, later. right, 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 because... So the, this government warehouse where they were keeping Bly, or where they were keeping Big Smith... After they take down Bly, he tells Socrates, like, go untie the guards or whatever. And he says, when he comes back, he's like, the guards are all gone and so is the orb. Yeah. Because, and they're denying any knowledge. The government's denying any knowledge of the orb's existence. You could actually argue that this show is a prequel to the X-Files. Because the government <laughs> and the FBI, they have their whole other agenda. It's very true. That is very true. Like, for sure. Like, and you could, like, maybe like maybe Fox Mulder is a descendant of, of Briscoe, Briscoe County. County. <laughs> I could see it. And, um... The uh, the black guy in the early seasons who was his like he put the X on the window or whatever and come oh know, deep throat yeah deep throat oh wait is that in the bowler no deep throat is a white guy uh, that's Mr X I think yeah, Mr yeah, X yeah, is yeah, the black yeah, guy because yeah. he shows up at the end of the first, first season. season yeah uh, I love that episode super fun great like mythology episode I was very happy with all of that um, okay my laptop for some reason decided not to let me move. Well, then the, the next one we're moving on to is Steel Horses. Steel Horses is next. Now, I have some issues with this. <laughs> I like this episode. I like this episode. I'm not going to lie. My first note is all caps, just motorcycles. <laughs> uh, here's one thing I like about this. So, the first off, it's the coming thing in transportation. It's what they, how they describe it. Because Briscoe's always looking for the coming thing. Now, okay, I had a note about that. Since when? Since the beginning. Is that part of they, his character? They said that, they said that in, the, in the pilot. It's always been a thing. That's why he's always interested in, like, I, oh, this denim fabric that's going to be the... I think we should make pants out of it or whatever. Like, everything... He's all... all the, the, like, all those future gags where it's, like, okay. Dunkin' Donuts or whatever. That's all a relation to his always looking for the See, I completely missed that. And I was like, when did he get this character trait? Yeah, they definitely say that, like, in the opening credits. Um... So, yes, so the government has invented motorcycles. And the robber barons are investing in them. The robber barons are investing in them, and they have been stolen. Uh, 
somehow that is Socrates' fault. I don't know why. So Socrates was oh, no. in charge it's, of those of those prototypes, right? But he's showing them. He's showing them to Briscoe, or he's bringing Briscoe to see them uh, because he knows Briscoe's always looking for the coming thing, and uh, like. Completely coincidentally, simultaneously, they get stolen. Yeah, and this is a Bly adjacent because there's Bly adjacent. This is Bly. John Dawkins or something is the character's name. Yes, he's like Bly's toughest fucking bad guy or whatever. His toughest fucking scoundrel. Uh, that gang is hilarious. First off, is made up of four of the worst actors who have ever acted. You know who they are, right? Moment. It's actually the members of Duran Duran. <laughs> That'd be so good. It's not. Uh, yeah, Obviously, just... <laughs> it's not, but God damn, that would be great. And also, the main bad guy kind of has a haircut that would fit that. A little bit, right? Uh, um, they're stealing these motorcycles because they are going to catch up to this train that has the orb on it. Yeah, and this orb, so we have, have had several orbs. This orb is like the blinged out glitzy orb. This one's really nice and really gold because we had that scuzzy one that blew up. Right. And this one is like the bougie orb. This is the like really nice one. For sure. Um, yeah, this is the not fucking half melted. This is the full the full orb. Uh, so now that but since Briscoe was but since Socrates was showing Briscoe the thing when it got stolen, he's being made the, the scapegoat and the robber barons are gonna fi- are gonna fire him. And Briscoe says if we cat these fucking motorcycles back for you, then he gets to keep his job. Yes. Perfectly reasonable start. I have a couple questions, not the least of which is, how the fuck do these people know how to ride these motorcycles? They're, they're the only four in existence that right the away. government just invented. How does everyone know how to ride them? And you have to think, so this is the first, like, motorized right, thing like yeah. this. Except for the tank that was earlier on, but that's different. And there's no way that driving that is... And, and this, all and similar this, to driving a, riding a no, motorcycle. And, like, a motorcycle, the operation of it is... Enti- would be entirely foreign. It makes no sense. And they are expert riders. No, they are fucking like, <laughs> yeah, like X doing Games, tri- doing BMX. Shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It may- it's very, the first thing I wrote down here was like, this doesn't make any sense. And this motorcycle theme music is ridiculous. <laughs> it is like, it is like some like, like old school Chuck E. Cheese band, yeah, like yeah, 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 honky yeah, yeah, tonk, yeah. rock and roll. Somebody's definitely playing like a washboard. You know what I mean? Like it, it's that level. It is so weird. It is like it's like the kind of music that you would set to like Ted Nugent having sex or something. <laughs> it's, like, it's like backcountry Benny Hill music. I it stresses me out. I do like that. Well. I don't know if I like it. It, it. It's funny to me. The way they are able to figure out who the gang is is that uh, they look at the rope that they tied up the guards with, and and uh, the bowler's like, "This is a, a fireman's knot or whatever," and say, like, "Oh, that's John Dawkins' signature." Why don't use like don't? That's the worst thing a criminal can do. Like, don't just leave a clue. You just might as well sign your name to the guy. I never understood that old, like, were criminals that dumb back in the day? Well, and that is a thing, though, right? That's it's always a, been a trope. Yeah, like, the calling card. Whatever, the calling card or whatever. But was that a thing that criminals used to do? Were they that stupid? I guess, like, the idea, the rationale would be you want people, you want notoriety. Part of the reason why you don't do quiet crimes right, is, you is want, because you want to be a famous outlaw, I guess. Yeah, otherwise you would, like, embezzle. Or, you know what I mean? You would do, like, hush-hush crimes. Sure. Uh, um, 
this came up to me. Briscoe's exceedingly loyal. Like, he's yelling at this robber baron about getting home by his job back. Uh, I like how much Briscoe is just a straight up, like, fucking white meat, baby face, good guy. Mm-hmm. There is no. Uh, everything now, your villains are all. Your heroes are conflicted, or they're a flawed hero, or whatever. He is just classic, like yes, ma'am, fucking good guy, and I. It's kind of kind of refreshing, you know what I mean? Yeah, like if if he if he does have a flaw, it is he's very irresponsible with STDs. Yeah, sure, but it's the eighteen hundreds, man. There wasn't a lot of condoms running around. Yeah, like I'm just. <laughs> he yeah. is definitely he's definitely sick. Yeah, no, I promise you, he's got stuff, for yeah, sure. He's for burned, sure. It burns when he pees, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, but no, he's a good guy. Uh, um, I will say this when we're talking about the coming thing, because there's a moment where Briscoe has this, like, he looks, he says to Bowling, here's something, if we're going to be partners, this thing you need to know about me. I'm always looking for the coming thing, or whatever. It's an interesting, it's a, it's a cute fit way to, like, get into these sort of near-future inventions or whatever, that sort of Forrest Gumpian, uh, he's always there, big moments thing. Uh-huh. But when you just, like, come out and say it like that, it sounds real dumb. I guess that's what felt weird to me about it, like, or why it felt like a new, a new added element to it, um, like, that kind of threw me off. Uh, the bad guys have robbed some like traveling salesman guy yes that they, they have, like he seemed to like know them and was okay with them but then they robbed him or whatever uh there's some line there where one of them says uh where the the guy who's selling the stuff who they've come to rescue like his cart has been knocked over on top of them and briscoe and, and bowler save them he goes where's my ass and briscoe's like right where it always was it's so dumb it's... like those kind of like that but that's this show walks a nice edge of going way too stupid or just perfectly campy, and it fucking it nails that line. Yeah. Very rarely does it come over and like, oh, okay, that's just hokey stupid. This episode was weird because it does have those like really childish jokes, and sure. then later on, it has like one of the most sexual torture <laughs> scenes I've ever seen. Um, also, like that traveling salesman guy, I like really gave me like a Neil Young vibe, <laughs> uh, and I was like real into it. Um. <laughs> the bad, again, the bad guys are terrible actors. We, uh, I mean, I just have to say that again. They are terrible. Anytime it's just the four of them talking, by the way, one of them only speaks German. That'll come up later. But anytime it's just the four of them in a scene, it feels like community theater in the worst possible way. Well, I think because also one of them, there's one of them that is sort of like a open mic poet vibe <laughs> and he has like a he very kind of 90s so modern haircut yeah, yeah. and like a goatee it's he a really make weird sense cadence at all. when he talks yeah 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 he's like it's sort of like early 90s christian slater it's real <laughs> weird uh they are they are able to the they're able to take down one of them the german one yes uh, lassoing they, him off a motorcycle lassoing him off a motorcycle classic uh they need somebody who speaks German. This is my... I fucking love this. They fi- They run into Professor Wickwire. Yeah. Uh, who I love. I He's always call him again. Professor Gomez. That's perfectly That's perfectly reasonable. Um, He's working on some new ro- rocket fuel or something. And... Uh, it turns out he's also just making gin, which I enjoyed. Uh, but he's like, oh, I know somebody who speaks German, no problem. And it's those two big German 
blacksmith ladies from No Man's from, Land. From no, the No Man's Land episode, who are now have turned blacksmithing into like a stage show because they're like hot muscly ladies who are blacksmithing so they're just doing it on the stage of a saloon like guys are like hooting and hollering i that really made me laugh well and there's a line in there where they're like like i think i think uh boulder is like our bowler is like you know they could just like do away with the, <laughs> the like, blacksmithing part or whatever and i'm like so we are inventing motorcycles and strip clubs, like, or and like burlesque. Motorcycles, burlesque. They uh, we invent the two way mirror and the interrogation room usage thereof. There uh, are so many coming things in this episode. They uh, they invented good cop, bad cop. They've literally invented so so. Uh, they need to. This guy only speaks German, so they're going to get to two sisters to interrogate him mm-hmm. and find out where the bad guys are headed. Uh, but Wickwire has invented a two-way mirror like every cop show on the planet so they can watch while the first one interrogates him. Well, and he seemingly, he invented it in, in happenstance. Like, he didn't invent it for a purpose. Right, he just sort of he has a line it. where he says, I call it a two-way Wait, looking glass. Yeah. I didn't know what to do with it until now. And it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, what yeah, were yeah. you doing? <laughs> Why did you invent a thing that you had no purpose for. Because normally, the way that inventions start, yeah, typically, like, is to serve a um, need. Right. Like it's, yeah, like, exactly. I'm trying to make a better chair, and then you come up with the wheelchair or something. But no, this is just, he just invented a thing to, like, because he could? I don't know. It's I don't know. <laughs> it's really silly. But then, he also, they also invent good cop, bad cop, because the first German girl goes in, and she's, like, being all rough and tumble, and the other German girl's like, she goes in and roughs him up, and then I come in, and I'm his best friend. And I'm like, you invented good cop, no, no, it's the opposite. No, it's the opposite, because the first girl goes in, and she's, like, sexing him up. Oh, I missed that part. The, the, the first girl goes in, and she's well, like... that would be good cop, and then bad cop. Yeah, the that first girl sense. goes in, and she is straight up just like... I'm gonna, in German, but just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do everything. I'm filthy. I'm here. <laughs> like, he is having a sexual heart attack. And then they go and they just beat the shit out of him. And there's something to be said that it almost seems like that's also a pleasurable experience. Sure. 100%. It's He's like, definitely into it. It's S&M. He is German, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that sort of thing. I think they invent interrogation and, and, and S&M. S&M. <laughs> like, I think... <laughs> uh, the bad guys show up, I think, obsessively to rescue him because they need a fourth guy for their... Uh, he, oh, that their... is... That's how they know how to use the motorcycles. He... they have, There's a throwaway line. I completely oh, forgot I this. He knows how to drive the motorcycles or knows about the mechanics of the oh, motorcycles. Okay. And then later on, they're like, what are we going to do without him? Right. And they're like, well, we know how to drive them now. Okay. Well, maybe I think he knows how to like fix them or something? Something like that. Because uh, one of the guys is also in charge of... like They have to keep stopping to like, steal crude oil and process it in the gas yeah so they're constantly like pumping oil and stuff and that's how at one point briscoe is able to smell the oil and that's how he could yes he where they are or whatever but uh there's a moment they go show up and briscoe and bowler go off to chase them and fucking wickwire is like i'll stay here and protect the women god damn it i love you but they're both like a hundred pounds heavier than him and loaded with muscle and he's just this old man being creepy yeah john aston is he's perfect yeah is serving full-on like creeper he also meant also, one of the bad guys has a chest like you know, like a ba- like a bandolier, like you would have like, yes. shotgun shells on, of just sticks of dynamite. Like that's he just has dynamite strapped to his chest. I don't know why that makes me laugh, but it seems very dangerous. Well, and his whole thing is that he can't really hear because he's so he's on so many explosives. Oh, right, right, right. I kind of forgot about that gag. 
Um, and then we get to this weird petrol cave that's full of gasoline. It's full of gasoline that they barely escaped from before it explodes. Oh, they um, straight up would have died. Oh, yeah. They, they get were blown like two, out of it. They were, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say, they land like four feet from the mouth of that cave, which is definitely in the blast radius of death. It is a cave that is made of gasoline. Like, it, <laughs> it is. All it is. It's like, it straight up explodes like, like a Texaco blowing up. And like, they are like <laughs> right around the corner. Uh, this whole time, I like how much uh, that Bowler hates motorcycles, even though he's just seen the first one. <laughs> like he's like, "Oh, I hate these goddamn things." Why? You just you don't know anything about them. Yeah. But he does have a thing of like, just like also that thing of he's kind of a luddite in that like technology is going to replace. He's like, if they, uh, you know, God, ho- let's hope these things don't catch on or we'll be out of work because we'll never be able to catch guys that are riding these things. And Briscoe's like, well, we'll, we'll have to ride them. And he's like, no, fuck it. Well, I'm never getting on one of those things. Yeah. Uh, um, there's Here's a thing that I don't understand about this episode. They're supposed to recover these motorcycles. They save it at the very end in the most bullshit possible way. But they are supposed to uh, recover these motorcycles for the government. They trash every one of them. Every single one. One of them... Goes off a cliff, like a a very high cliff. Yeah, the <laughs> other one explodes with dynamite. <laughs> with dynamite. Uh, I this whole time I'm like, Socrates can't get his job back. You've this is not what you were hired to do in any way. No, and then uh, it is. It's weird at the end. So like, yeah, all of the motorcycles <laughs> get destroyed. Hold on, we'll get yeah. we'll we'll come back to it in a second. I just want to touch two things first. Um, at one point, uh, Bris, uh Bowler is like. So, so Wickwire has fixed one of the motorcycles yes. and added a sidecar to it for Bowler. Yeah, and I did, and I just I enjoyed the uh, how do you know he's not my sidekick dynamic of their relationship. Very fun because uh, like so Briscoe, you can drive, and Bowler, you can ride in the thing. And he's like, how do you know I'm not going to drive? Well, I don't. You've been bitching about these things the whole time, so I didn't think you were going to drive in the thing. But like, I just like that dynamic. But also, I like him riding in the sidecar and screaming. It's very fun. Uh, but he gets out of the thing, his back hurts or whatever, and he's got to track where they're going. And he looks down and he's like, he says something about, like, they came this way, they stopped, they did another thing, like a lot of details. And Briscoe's like, he's like, how do you know all that? It's like, it's not all I know, but they're going this way. Like, well, tell me, so, tell me what else you, like, know. And he says, a bear came through this morning about ready to give birth to a set of twins. The dirt talks to me, Briscoe. I don't know what to tell you. I just fucking, like, I love the idea that, like, he can take a little just dirt and then know every like it's such a like the idea of the tracker the yeah. myth of the tracker I just it's fun when I like that he is actually because he's like normally the butt of a joke I like sure. that Bowler is good at his job yeah he's the best they you know they've said from the beginning he's the best tracker in the, in the yeah. West or whatever and he is legitimately that um. And then another thing that I like going on or through line is that Comet is so jealous of the motorcycles. He hates the motorcycles so much. Comet is so upset about these steel horses. Do they keep stealing his? They're gonna take his. They're gonna take his thunder. So much so that in like the end segment, Comet this is, super this horse makes those. And he's got superpowers. He can. I think if I, I literally think Briscoe can harness the power of the orb. I think Comet can as well. It's the only thing that makes sense. He like tirelessly. Like with he no water, up, he catches up to them and uh, to Briscoe the Bowler across the desert. No way, but he finds them, and uh, they've taken down three of the bad guys. But the main bad guy is getting away on this motorcycle. Their motorcycle, their motorcycle up. has exploded, and uh, they're like, "Oh well, he's getting away. There's nothing we can do about it." And Comic goes, "Whatever," and he goes, "Okay, if you think so, whatever." 
Briscoe gets on and Comet catches a motorcycle. Yeah, runs you are the motorcycle off a cliff. You are one horsepower. You are literally one horsepower. Yeah, that motorcycle has to be more. It has to be at least two. They say that the motorcycles could top out at seventy miles, miles per hour. hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they also make a big deal about like that's a new way of measuring like this, this speed or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, he runs the, the motorcycle with the guy on it off a cliff. Uh, literally off like a giant cliff. And then, as the way I say that they get around the trashing of the motorcycles is at the very end, they get back to Professor Wickwire. And he's just like, hey, I fixed all these motorcycles. Like, no, no explanation for, at the very least, how they got that one from the bottom of the cliff or anything. Yeah, one exploded. Two of them I could understand. Two I could see. They were dumped. They were pretty damaged. But I could see with some time you could fix them. One of them blew up, and one of them was literally driven off a giant cliff. Yeah, it's at the bottom of, of a of, trench. Of, of, it's like 200 feet. Uh, yeah, I, I, and within a day, he has fixed all four of them. Yeah, it so really could, seems like it's been maybe like, yeah, like 12 like hours. Day. Yeah, yeah, it's like literally the next day. Uh, but whatever. Uh, whatever, it's fine. Uh, Briscoe and him right off into the sunset. They've got all the things. Socrates has got his job back. The end. Perfectly fun episode. I wish the bad guys had been better actors because re- every time they were doing anything, it really took me out of it. They never seemed genuinely threatening or like fun, campy threatening. They were just bad. No, yeah, it was weird, and it felt like a choice. It kind of they did were in doing. A way. They felt like they were doing a vibe. like they thought what campy was, and it just didn't work. I don't know. Yeah, that part, they bothered me. Especially compared to the next villains that we have, which we've seen before. We've seen before, but they're great. Yeah, they're so campy and fun. This next episode is just awesome. It's so dumb, but I love it. It's bizarre. It is weird in many ways. Uh, Next episode is called Mail Order Brides. Yeah. Uh, You can probably figure out from the title what it's about. Uh, Um... In the beginning of the uh, episode, Briscoe and Bowler are out riding. They're having a conversation. This cart comes wilding past them. It's runaway. There's nobody riding the horses. There's a bunch of women tied up in the back, and we find out that they've been robbed by the Swill Brothers. Played by the (laughs) Go-Go's. They are. They're literally stacked on each other's back in a pyramid like they're water skiing. (laughs) Like that fucking vacation, gotta get away. Um, The Swill Brothers are back. Uh, if you remember them, they're the previous incest-based gang that happened in the previous yeah, episode. Yeah, Bill, Phil. Bill, Phil, Gil was one of them, I'm pretty He's sure. Dead. Gil's the one that would died. Bill, Phil, Bill and... Will or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, they are back. They have robbed these girls who are on their way to a city to be mail-order brides. Which is very... First off, the, the, the economics of the mail-order briding in this world is very strange yeah so they're supposed to bring a dowry that's what's so if you think about how mail order brides work someone orders a bride through the mail right you send somebody money they send you a bride yeah i know it's somewhat more complicated than that but that's essentially it in this world the brides show up and have to pay for a husband essentially they and have it, to bring a dowry for the husband and i of course dowries generally are before our time and i guess like and i would say they're before the 1890s they're like that was a thing back in the day where like like when i say back in the day i'm like the 15 and 1600s where literally women like to take on a woman was considered like 
a responsibility. A hardship and a responsibility. You are taking on someone that's not going to be able to work the farm, not going to be whatever because they're softer or whatever. Sure. So you're going to have to you're bringing on a person you're just going to have to take care of. So you had to give a goat or a cow or money or something to balance out that debt. And not ar- that that's realistic, but that is what it was. And arguably, that is still why I think within weddings, the bride's family typically pays, pays for, for it. The, theoretically. Um, I, and I, I think it's. To now it's more tra- like just tradition, yes. whereas there might have been some logic to that argument in the 1500s. Now it's just because, like, yeah, your wife probably makes it as much, if not more, than you. Yeah, that's not a really. A thing and I anymore. think in this circumstance, like, they're basically seeking protection, and like they all seem to be living in a terrible t- place, uh, Denver. By the way, it's literally just Denver, but they which say is a bunch of time, lovely right now. It's, it's a great place. place. It's a great place to be. <laughs> Uh, weed's fantastic. There's yeah. great beer everywhere. It's great. Wonderful. Um, a few too many Dave Matthew Band fans, but otherwise it's fine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they, they they make a thing of like they they're escaping these horrible lives by which I, I really don't understand. So they they're living horrible lives in Denver where men treat them like shit, and they're not going to be able to like adv- like they can't have a career or whatever, and they just need to have someone to take care of them because they're women, and they just need someone to take care of them. Essentially yeah. is the argument. And if anyone... I don't know. Do you have people write, write into you ever? Sometimes. If anyone knows, like, a shitload about the 1890s yeah. and, like, the specifications of this, I would love For to sure. know yes. if this was a thing that was going on. It's very interesting. Uh, um, but what I also don't understand is you're leaving Denver to come to the Wild West because men are going to treat you better there? That, like, doesn't make any sense. Even then, Denver is more of a metropolis... Then oh I don't know why my phone just started making noise. Denver is more of a metropolis than Madrid, California, which is where this episode takes place. Yeah, and they're going to Madrid, California, which I don't know exactly where that is. I know they show us the map for a second. It, it doesn't. It's a it's a uh, like two block town, right? It's like yeah, nine buildings and a bunch of farms. Well, I guess like because like Denver already feels like the West. Sure, it's not it, like, but it's further west. It's California. It's yeah, as west it's, as you can yeah, go. it's really strange. Uh, the logic the, behind the it. logic behind it makes no sense. However, that's what happens. They need to get to the city. They ask Briscoe and Bowler to show them. They're not. They don't really ask them. What the woman who's kind of ostensibly in charge of these three mail order brides, Meg. Meg wants no part of this. She don't need no man. She don't want no man. Except that she's paying money to get a man. But whatever. Uh, but one of the girls goes. Wait a minute. You're Briscoe County Jr. He says that line just like he does in the book. And it turns out back east, there's these like little pulp novels, The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Yeah. And he's famous back home for all these crazy adventures that he gets into that are fake and made up. Uh, or at least exaggerated. Yes. Um, Bowler is in it. Uh, he goes, what about me? Am I in those books? And she's like, yes, you're Lord Bowler, his faithful companion. He's like, well, how, how do you know he's not my faithful companion? Like, <laughs> it's just every time it just works for me. Yeah, yeah. The, um, like, I love the phrasing of it with like, uh, he specifically says like, if anything, he's, he's my, my companion. companion. I love it <laughs> yeah, so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, really great. And then also Socrates, and then like Socrates. Socrates has a weird B story. Uh, so yeah. I just want to get to one thing first. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. actually, this perfect timing because it, it's what wraps the, the rest of the story together. Socrates is... Now, he works for these robber barons, but also he's somehow tied into, like, governmental affairs through these robber barons. Madrid, California's sister city, Madrid, Spain, yes, is sending the king's prized bull, El Magnifico, El Magnifico to Madrid. Yes. And 
Socrates is coming to make sure the preparations are right for them to receive this great honorific yeah. gift. Straight up dressed like John Hammond. He's what? He is opening Jurassic Park. <laughs> He's in like a white linen thing with the hat. He, he really is dressed is. exactly like John Hammond. 100%. I was like, what? What? They borrow this? 100%. Which is around the same time. It's like Jurassic close, Park right? is coming out like in like maybe the, this summer or whatever. Like- uh, yeah, that's a, absolutely who's dressed like. Uh, so he shows up to to and it's both worth they think it's in a newspaper it's worth a million dollars um he shows up the mayor is like hold on taste this and he's making barbecue sauce I, this guy i don't it's stupid but it makes me laugh the mayor's like uh he's making barbecue sauce and he's like well what is the pen ready and like the pen's not even ready i saw like, oh don't worry but they'll slap it together and he's like you know what slap together there's a million dollar bowl it's a huge gift from the king, it's an honor or whatever. We found out the mayor essentially that this whole town thinks they're going to barbecue this bull and eat it. Uh, which I kind of get why you would think that. Like, well, I mean, they, they don't. Gonna... All they know is a great bull is coming from another city. You're in the Midwest. What do you do with bulls? You, yeah. br- you breed them or you eat them. Yeah, the only flaw in the logic is that I would think they would want to sire some other. Uh, yeah, you know, they, they'd want to like. Sure. They'd want to like like have him like. Dump some buckets of you know jizz uh, around jizz. a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah. Spread first. That Johnny jizz seed that around. Yeah, a because bit. if he's like that, like if he's like that big of a bull, like if he's like that, like El Magnifico, for sure. Yeah, uh-huh. but it, then it also turns out like when the the so at one point the Spanish. So anyway, we'll come back to that. What I was about to say, the Swill brothers see this ad in the paper. And think, we're going to steal this bull. It's worth a million dollars. We'll sell it. We'll be rich. Why is everything worth a million dollars? Because this... that's just what a round number of rich is. Right? I know. That's so much money. Like, like then it's all a, these it's things. It's all the money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's literally all the money. You would bankrupt the entire country if you had a million dollars. They don't realize that, like, you can't. Like, they. Okay, so the, they go. To their mom's house, the Swill brothers go to their mom's house to get a new cattle. Love Swill mom. Swill mom is fantastic. Um, she's been in a ton of shit, by the way. I'm drawing a blank right she now. She seems so familiar, and she um, seemed like super relaxed. Sure. She was like, I'm in this. I'm going to say my lines. Y'all are all <laughs> children. Uh, I'm going to bring up what she's She's been in a ton of shit. But she shows, like, they show up there to get a cattle wagon so they can steal this bull. And she's like, what are you fucking... First off, they don't want to touch her because like, she's had a rash. There's a whole thing. Uh, she can't tell any of them apart, which I enjoy. Um, she uh, she tells them, you fucking idiots. No one's going to pay a million dollars for that bull. How are you, can you even prove that it's worth a million dollars and it's not just some fucking bull? It's not, how do you prove that it's this uh, El Magnifico? Uh, and they go, they're like, oh, we'll give our word. And Sure, you're, you're like your word juice. You're the swill brothers. Yeah. Uh, so they, she convinced. She tells them, "No, you fucking hold the bull. You kidnap the bull. You hold it for ransom. If they love this bull so much, they'll pay for it." Uh, so the the episode is them trying to track the swill brothers down to get the dowries back for these brides, while the swill brothers are trying to steal the bull, and Socrates is trying to get Briscoe and to protect the bull. It's a whole triangle of bullshit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> see what I did there? Uh, there's a fan fucking tastic moment when, uh, so the swill of uh, the Briscoes track the swills to the swill mom, but they don't know it's the swill mom. They think it's just some rancher. Also, swill mom is a dope MC name. 
I think that'd be really cool. I concur. Um, her name, by the way, is Nan Martin, and you would know her from uh, everything on the planet. She is definitely, I don't know, how much do you know uh, Nightmare on Elm Street? Oh, so well. Nightmare on Elm Street 3? Yeah. She's Dream the, She's the nun. The ghost <gasps> she's of the Freddy's nun. mom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she got uh, raped. Uh, she was yeah, son of a thousand maniacs. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but she would then go on to be in, like, literally everything on the planet. Like, Great. if you go down to TV's major dad. Fucking, but I, I'm looking at a. She's like a voice on the Pirates of Dark Water. Like you just go Ooh, back. Good show. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, oh, she's uh she's the evil boss lady on the Drew Carey show. Okay. Uh, she's been around for five, like she's just in everything. Um, Is she's she still fantastic. alive? No way. Mm, maybe not. Her last role was in 2005. Uh, okay. Um, so yeah, she's probably R- nope, died 2010. All right, peaceful mom. All right, peaceful mom. God bless. Uh, they show up thinking that this is just some random farm. They don't realize it's the Swill farm. And like a hundred Swills show up out of nowhere. It's like the McPoyles, if you watch Rocket It's Always Sunny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like the McPoyles. And what I also really like about very them. Very similar. Very similar. Like, I think those are just A lot of incest. Yeah. A lot of grossness. They show up and they all have like the oldest, shittiest weapons, which I really enjoyed as well. Mm-hmm. Like, one of them has like a blunderbuss, if you know what that is. It's like that shitty pirate gun that you just put like nails and shit in the front yeah. of uh, they all just have. They're all covered in dirt. They're all just disgusting. But they've like you killed my son or whatever. Uh, so they're gonna kill Gilswill. Gil, they killed Gilswill. Uh, so they're gonna kill Briscoe and whoever they tie him up. And these are the first bad guys that don't set them up with like some intricate. Yeah, they're way just gonna. Dying. They're just, they're just gonna, gonna shoot, shoot them. They're just gonna shoot them. But they fall for the classic. Can I have like a last wish? Like, last wish or whatever. Uh, so he gets he wants a drink because there's a swill they've been making moonshine the largest like it's like a water tower it's like a microbrewery it's like it's, it's huge it's, yeah, yeah for sure like they would have issues with TABC like it, it's like a <laughs> yeah, giant yeah, yeah. It's giant enormous. it's a, it's absolutely enormous uh, but they manage to blow it up and escape because they get uh, Bowler to, like his last wish is a smoke and they. Shoot! Throw the smoke into the booze that the Meg has been pouring all over the place. Blows up the food. Which doesn't work. It would never work it in a thousand years because uh, it's too wet. You like it's you not need the, the fumes that like not the wetness, but also beyond that, uh, they're like twenty feet from that thing. There's dirt everywhere. There's, it's so many reasons why it wouldn't that work. That whole cigarette trick with gasoline and all these different things—that's not how it works. It's never how it works. However. Who gives a shit? How sure. about that? How about how about we just pretend who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, there's a there's a, a a her gag here that I enjoy. We're like her, 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 her. Where they're just talking about Meg or whatever, or um, the second girl doesn't matter who she is. The other two don't have names. The, the one who's like way into him. I think they name him at some point, but Caitlin, no one gives a shit because they get like yeah later. It's like Caitlin, Meg, and like. Methuselah. I don't know. The the king the Spanish king's like emissary shows up to make sure everything's set for this bull. Love him. I love that they give him a full on like Castilian lisp. So he's just like, Are you saying that you are not ready to receive the king's gifts? Like it's so fucking perfect. And they even go like they can't like they do the gag like they can't understand what he's saying, like these slats of wood and he's like, Oh what what are, what are you saying? Like that gag. Yeah. Uh <laughs> He also is like, if you insult the king's gift by making this bull stand in a bullpen, 
Spain is going to declare war on the United States. Like, straight it's, up. that is straight up the fucking stakes of this bull visit. Straight is, up, yeah. They, it's like, you don't want the Armada, Armada knocking at your door. Like, and Socrates keeps saying, like, if this bull gets hit, like, it's very tense right now with Spain, and if this bull gets harmed, we will be at war. Like, that is what's happening. Which is so funny because everything else in the bull storyline is so goofy and so insanely silly. And then, oh, what's the stakes? Everyone dies. Like, the stakes is absolute war. Yeah, it's real bizarre. Like, well, why are you getting it in the first place? Like, I don't understand. It, it like, what no, is going on? It doesn't on? make any sense. Um, there's a... Uh, yeah, there's a line where, like... So there's a, like, around the campfire scene, and Briscoe's telling her that he thinks she can do... Uh, the male or bride lady that he thinks she can do anything she puts her mind to. And yeah. I wouldn't say it if I didn't believe it. And she's, like, instantly... This is where he says, like... She says something about, like, you're, you've really, like, messed, you messed me up here, because I used to think that uh, I couldn't trust any man, but now you've come along, or whatever. And he's like, ha, ah, pretty cynical for a lady of the 90s. And for a second, I was like, what? And I went, oh, god damn it, it's 1890s, you fucking assholes. Like, like it, it, just, it bugged me a little bit. Well, and also, like, again, so apparently... Within the framework of this show, all you have to be to be, like, the most, like, woke, amazing dude ever is semi-decent. Is, because is don't punch her. Yeah, like, she, her mind is blown. She is, like, full on, like, I have faith in humanity again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Briscoe's like, hey, you can do whatever. And, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's bonkers. Like, Yeah, he just doesn't rape her around that fire, and he's the greatest man that's ever yeah, lived. Yeah, and I guess, like, I'm like, okay. Which makes, well, one, is the 1800s is probably pretty terrible. Yeah, I mean. And also, how fucking bad was Denver, man? I know. They, and they mention it a bunch. Like, they go, like, you can just go back to Denver if you want. She's like, oh, no, no, I don't want. You know yeah, I mean? like, like, every time they say Denver, you hear, like, that, like, clicking sound from RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> like, <laughs> Uh, it's rough shit. there. Um, the swills show up. They sneak into the bull thing to hold it hostage. Uh, there's a, with like a, one of the mail order brides. With what they they've hold they've taken them at one of the one who's into the, the Briscoe books. Yes, hostage along with this bull, and they want a million dollars. Which I even Briscoe's like it's going to take a little bit of time to like get that money together, and he's like you got one hour. It's the old West man. There's literally no way you think they can get a million dollars. Yeah, there's not like Venmo. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Be reasonable. Uh, but Briscoe goes into like negotiate or whatever. Uh, he, I like that he goes how like we get you like ten to fifteen thousand dollars, and the one small brother goes, "Well, that's almost a million, isn't it?" It's like oh, I love you, dumb inbred idiots. It's and so I love good. How how like just. Like we're gonna make these guys dumb, and we're going, we're fucking doubling down. You and they sell I mean? it. They yeah, sell they sell it great. Those guys are like really fun at being just stupid, stupid bad guys. I also felt kind of grossed out because the Swill brother that's always eating kind of thought was hot. Oh no, I, I know. I was like, I was like, like looking at him one time, and I was like. Oh no! <laughs> I think it was just because he was very broad, and sure. like, and it was late. But I was like, <laughs> "That's all it takes." <laughs> He's got a big presence, and it was eleven forty. What do you want from me? <laughs> um, they win. I kind of missed what happened. They let the bull loose. It knocks over some people. Yeah, so Briscoe, like, pops open. Like, he's, like, talking, negotiating with them. He pops it open, and then he also, like, cuts... He cuts a rope, or, like, pulls a yeah, rope. Yeah, knocks, like, a bale of hay down. And then oh, that, yeah. that 
pulls him in the middle order right up. Uh, like does the classic like yeah, yeah, weight like the, yeah, 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 pulley yeah, thing. Yeah. The bull runs around and then they get to the classic. The bulls run all over town and they're trying to catch the spills. It runs into a china shop. Well, a china shop. Sure. And they do a classic china shop. Like <laughs> ye old china shop yeah, yeah, yeah. is what it's called, which is lovely. <laughs> Uh, the spills go down. There is a uh, a medal ceremony that I really enjoyed. The the uh, the I think it's actually the king because they were coming. Like it's like not the main. It wasn't the main Spanish guy. It's not the emissary. It's not the emissary. I think it's, it's like the, the king. Yeah, king uh, who has shown up and he's here to present medals to the people that saved his prize bowl. Yeah, and it's like to Meg for her gallantry and courage and blah 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 and to Caitlyn for her whatever and the third blonde one for being amazing whatever it is uh, he got huge honorifics and big medals and then he looks at like Briscoe and Bowler is like I hear you guys help too that's pretty cool I actually love that so much. It was great. It was so good. It was so good. It was like it was like the end of Star Wars or Wizard mm-hmm. of Oz, and then like the these women yeah. like get a recognition, and it's like a big deal because they're like, I'm not gonna, we're not gonna be male order brides. Right. Like yeah, we're yeah, gonna yeah. like, yeah, we can go live be, our lives. Yeah, and, we can just be women and live lives, and we don't have to. We can be single if we need because we can take. We've proven to ourselves that we can take care of ourselves. Yeah, it was dope. I was I was into that. And then she kisses Bowler, uh, kisses Briscoe, of course, because why wouldn't you? He's a handsome devil. Sure. Uh, this one made more sense, I thought, than, than the, the previous first one. Yeah, yeah, because this, like, in her mind, she he like gave her the courage to do this and the confidence to do this and instilled whatever. Yeah, the other one was already his equal. The other one was just yeah, was just an equal badass who didn't show any interest in him uh, until they danced once. Well, and then there was something that. Oh, can we? I'm sorry. Oh. I just want to bring up one thing from the previous episode that I didn't mention. Oh, what? They sneak into that. So the warehouse where where they sneak into a place to find the address of the warehouse where they're keeping Big Smith. Yes, yes, yes. And they do so. There's a big like town dance happening out in front of this building. They dress Bowler up in a uh, Civil War. Like colonel's uniform, yes, 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 and he distracts the, the army guards from the front of the doors by commanding them to go get a girl and dance. Uh, he he literally goes like, "I was invited here by Colonel," <laughs> like that's literally what his fake name for the colonel is. So one, they should have caught on that, and two, the white soldiers saluting black colonels in the Civil War. <laughs> you think that happened a bunch? I don't, yeah, I, it was real weird. That, that, I was like, look, I understand that this world is like a fantasy version of the West, so maybe not all the socioeconomic and racial issues of the day need to come into play, but that one's like a bit much. Yeah, maybe it's like just super idealized. In this world, there isn't racism. Yeah, it's the Civil I guess War was really, not. the Civil War was really about states' rights, it's not about slavery. <laughs> uh, um... Um, well, no, the thing that bothered me at the end, which actually speaks to 90s racism, yeah. um, is that so it's straight up set up where this end of this last episode, there's a kiss for, for Briscoe, yeah, yeah. and then immediately after, Bowler's like, ma, what about, about me? me yeah. And then the other girl is like, I think you're pretty special, too, does not kiss him. No. And like I was thinking about it, and I was like, I bet. I bet there's some there weird thing, thing about, about not sexualizing or like he can't be seen that way. I wouldn't be that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Like if it would have been a black girl, I think it would have been all right. Yeah, and I know it's the '90s, and I know I know but there's still, other I things. I mean, it's '91. Like, I don't or 92, think maybe. It's not I that think deep there was the a weird thing. I wouldn't be shocked because literally the line is like the girl kisses Briscoe goes, "I'll never forget you," and kisses him. 
And then he goes, what about me? And she, the other girl who reads the book goes like, I'll never forget you. And he just kind of gives like an off oh, sm- a smile and she walks away. Which it. is also, it is, it is a very like sort of like, like sort of like tip of the hat thank you. Yeah, yeah, like like yeah, a very yeah, like yeah, sort yeah, of like yeah, racist yeah. weird reaction of like, ah, oh, thanks. That's yeah, enough thanks, for me. Lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was watching it. Granted, it was also really late and I was dealing with my uh, attraction to the Swole Brother. And I was like, and I was just like, that's fucked up. It's like, I was weird. kind of mad. It bothered me that he didn't get a kiss. I didn't read all the racial overtones into what you did till just now, but I get it. Or even, like, a kiss on the fucking cheek, Anything. which still would be weird, sure. because there'd be a difference, sure. but... But at least it'd be something. But also, like, they don't the even two of contact. them aren't necessarily the outgoing no. sexually people that the other two have been made to be. No, so no. I get, like, if it was, like, a kiss on the cheek, I'd be like, oh, all right. But, like, nothing is definitely a little it weird. It felt weird. It feel, I get it. It yeah. feels a little weird. I liked all these episodes. It was their thing. They were super fun. This one is like real silly. Real silly. But yeah, it can be silly sometimes. The I'm team, fine with it. That's why this show works. Is it can go from deep orb shit to silliness. And it still, it still works. I still like everybody. Yeah, the team that's working on this really has a great formula down. Like I really have never watched an episode. Even like we talked about the court one Ooh, being yeah. a little dull. I have yet to watch one where I was like, oh, this is so a slog. Through this. Yeah, 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 I've been entertained. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to plug? This is going to come out next week on Thursday. Um, I don't know. Doing shows. Uh, Green Room Queer Mountain. Last Wednesday of every month. Always go to that. It's a um, great time. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, yeah, just check out my other podcast, uh, Why Aren't You Screaming, with Vanessa Gonzalez and Nathan Irwin. Do that for sure. Uh, the Sting will have just happened. It was a great show. It was super fun. It was so good. Should have been there. Uh, I am on Punch at Cap City on the 13th. That's always always a great time. Uh, I'm in San Antonio at Ralphie May, the 22nd through the 24th. I believe the 28th of this month is the benefit of Cap City for our good friend LaShonda Lester. That's true, I think. It's going to be a fucking fantastic show and for a great cause. So definitely come to that. If you like the show, rate, review, subscribe. That helps us so much. Write a review. It helps us get on the rankings, which gets other people to see the show. So please do that. If you tell your friends, that also helps. And we will see you next week.